Welcome everyone, welcome to Monty Meets and this time I'm in Oman for the Legends League Cricket Tournament and uh, we, I have with me someone who is, who's an actor, a TV presenter, a host at the IPL and also ITV for four years from 2011 to 2014 and um, she was crowned Miss India International and also first runner-up in Miss International in 2003. She's worked with Shah Rukh Khan in Rabne Banai Jodi. She's a beauty to watch and has a grace that is matchless. Guess who it is? Let me introduce you. Hi, Monty. This is Shanali Nagrani, and thank you so much for the fabulous introduction. I sound good. <laughs> well, you, you, uh, this is the biggest smile on your face I've seen all week, which I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted. And uh, so, um, so actually, let's let's go back to your, you know, when you first started. Modeling was your, you know early on in your career and you, you just you know completely got attention of everyone in India I think I'm just someone I'd like to call myself a jack of all trades and master of none and now I'm a master of some um, I started off uh, at Miss India in 2003 and I was a runner-up over there and then I did not uh, choose modeling then I chose to become a news presenter for a channel back home and I should read the breakfast news for them and then after that, I went for my international pageant to Tokyo, where I was crowned the first runner-up over there. And then when I came back to India in 2004, is when I started actually started modeling, and I started walking the ramp for a bit for designers in India. Then did not that did not tickle my uh, fancy me at all. So I decided to switch from modeling, and then I got into hosting, and I started hosting uh, some entertainment shows like the Great India Laughter Challenge and Indian Idol. And from there, I got a call to audition for a cricket show. It was the 2006 Champions Trophy. Um, and I got selected to host, start hosting cricket. And then that's how I became a cricket host. Um, this is 2006. And since then, I've been hosting cricket. And I love hosting cricket because it keeps me outside of Bombay and India a lot. And, um, and I just happen and I enjoy live TV because hosting live TV is very different from hosting a recorded show or a pre-recorded show. There's no room for error in live and that's what I love about it. It's quite challenging and, I, I, that, and that always excites me, something challenging. From cricket, I did a few cameos in movies, in Bollywood movies, Radne Banadi Jodi and Dilbole Haripa. And then I did a big show called Big Boss in 2011 where, this, uh, where I became part of a meme suddenly out of nowhere six years later i was in the puja what is this behavior meme and then i met a few girls from london who met me and said oh we dressed up on halloween as you and i wasn't sure if that's a compliment <laughs> but it is what it is and uh, this meme has become the world's most famous meme um how this happened why this happened i have no idea because this particular incident that happened in the big boss house was the most traumatic incident in my life and it's now a laughing stock everywhere but it is what it is and then i've done uh, tandav with saif ali khan it was a, on amazon prime it is the india's biggest uh, show launch ott fiction show political genre i played a defense minister over there uh, so, so yeah. basically you're a jack of all trades and a master of all is that the the correct quote for you because you just seem to do everything like what would be your advice to a young girl you know who's probably thinking I want to be like you multi-talented and able to accomplish whatever I want in my life 
the thing is, I'm still figuring it out. You, I mean, I just didn't know I had so many interests and I had so many likes. But when some a job just comes your way, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to try that. And if it's challenging, especially, I like getting out of my comfort zone because I feel growth happens only when you get out of your comfort zone. So whenever I do something which I'm not comfortable with, which makes me really nervous, I will push myself to do it because I kind of like what happens to me after that event or after that project. And that's where the most amount of growth uh, and development happens. And, I, and I, I thrive on that stuff. But to all the other young girls, I would like to say that just don't be attached to the outcome. Like you should know, you know what you want, uh, a structure you should have for your life. But at the same time, just try everything and you never know. Sometimes you think you're meant for this, but you're actually meant for something else. And that will reveal itself in time. So be patient with that process and trust that process. Great advice. That is really good advice because you love challenges. So what's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? The fact that the third wave of Corona is a big surprise. <laughs> you thought you're kind of done with it and you're exhausted and you're drained with this whole process. There comes a third wave, yeah. uh, which is not, thankfully not as lethal, but at the same time, quite contagious. Um, I just, it's just, I didn't, I didn't realize that it would exhaust me so much, the third the third wave. It, it has, it kind of, um, but it did well for, I think, all of us in many ways. It just kind of forced me to sit with myself and look inwards and uh, not have, you know, traveling here or traveling there or work as a distraction. There were no distractions for the last two years of my life. I was just sitting by myself and looking inwards and focusing on who am I, what do I want, what, not, what next? And that was a great, you know, taking a step back and consolidating your life and just figuring out where am I, where do I want to be? How do I see myself 10 years from now? What kind of person do I want to become? So that, uh, that direction change, that U-turn that happened in my life was very important. Great. I, I, I can see some great things happening in the next 10 years. I've seen your last 10 years, so I think the next 10 years are going to be even better. What lessons do you think you've learned during the pandemic? Uh, the biggest lesson I've learned in the pandemic is uh, shamelessly, I want to be my authentic self. I, I've, I mean, we've all, as women especially, we are so, and women in India, we have so conditioned to, you know, behave uh, according to what your neighbors might say or your, you know, or your potential husband might say or uh, your colleagues might say or men might say. And uh, this, I think, is also getting older. <laughs> it's not just the microphone, it's not just Corona. Yeah. But I think it's just, just unabashedly being myself. Yeah, you know, being older and wiser. Older and wiser comes with everyone. But there is this certain, I think, also becoming a woman from a girl. That's been beautiful, that journey. And just understanding how, how amazing and how powerful that is. And really understanding how powerful I am. is because I spent two years with myself. Uh, just focusing on myself and nothing else. And, you know, and that was, sounds selfish, but it is the most beautiful period the last two years have been for me. See, in my opinion, look, I think women are supposed to be beautiful. It's like a flower. You keep it whole and it's beautiful. That's how I see, obviously, you know, women. But uh, it's, a, it's a difficult issue because diversity, gender pay gap, you know, is still an issue in the industry, many industries. Like, you must have seen the things that happen at Yorkshire from a distance, do you think diversity is an issue in cricket? I think diversity is an issue everywhere, uh, be it sports, be it corporate jobs, be it politics, be it everywhere diversity. Even in my industry, in the entertainment industry, 
um, I recently I was offered a job for a web series and then he asked me how much should I quote and I gave my rate for the show and I said uh, I said why am I not getting more he says only because the girls can't get more than this and it's the boys who are getting more and I said on what basis I have more days of shooting I have more experience I have many more years of experience I'm a better known uh, established name like on what basis am I getting less than him and I said please don't even talk to me about these things and I got really offended but there's nothing I could do about it like, the only thing I could do about it is walk out of the show and that doesn't suit anyone so what do you do I don't know this is I, I mean <laughs> but it's frustrating it's so frustrating as a woman to have to deal with this every day every day like sometimes I'm sitting with men and I might be the only woman in a room and they won't even like acknowledge that they, they think a woman cannot be able to talk about these things and that is just it it, it insults on a, on a very it's, it's an everyday insult you go through, you know, quietly. And gender payment gap is just one of those issues. But there's so much, <laughs> I think, but I think a lot is changing. A lot is changing. I mean, in our industry, there were movies that were never made with women as main leads. And now that's happening. You might still get paid far less, but at least there is a step forward. And I think just putting your foot down sometimes really helps, setting boundaries really helps. And uh, it's, it might backfire initially, but in the long run, putting laying down boundaries always helps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I agree with you. You know, there, there needs to be that fairness, you know, w with everyone. And uh, yeah. And also, Monty, if you think every woman should be treated like a flower, you're on the right track. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. I'm already I'm already on the on the right track of life. That's that's good news. I never knew that. That's that's brilliant. So I want you to now let's talk about something a bit more fun. Now, tell us a story that we've never heard before in the media that happened in Big Boss. Oh, we saw a snake in the house curled up right next to my bed and we had to evacuate the house for at least four hours and sit outside while they were trying to find the snake in the house. Um, like Is that it? There must be much more fun than that. I mean, people's hygiene standards sometimes are questionable in the house. Like you don't want to go to the bathrooms when certain few people had left the bathroom and you knew that this was not the best time. So that was something I would avoid is bathroom duty. I would hate cleaning the bathrooms. Um, yeah, I stuck to cooking food in the kitchen and not talking to people. That was my strategy. Let me not talk to people so I don't get in their bad books. And uh, but but fun. I mean, Big Boss was not a fun experience, Monty. I don't know what you guys are seeing outside, but there's nothing fun about Big Boss. It is a bittersweet experience in retrospect, if I have to put it in so in one line. But at that point, it's just like you, the person on your left and the person on your right is giving you dirty looks all the time, and they don't like the way you walk, they don't like the way you talk, they don't like the way you eat. So nothing you do is right. You're never good enough, which it's kind of just as a woman, especially because it goes piercing inside because we anyway battling with issues of not being good enough. <laughs> Big boss, um, it dismantles your self-esteem. You have to be a really strong, strong person to fight people off. Also, if you're someone who was a little lost that as I was in the Big Boss house, then, you know, people are out there, they're sharks and they really are. And then that, that's what the show taught me is how to become a little more cutthroat. But uh, there was nothing fun about uh, Big Boss. We tried to make it fun. We were not allowed any music. We couldn't talk on the phone. We couldn't like, you know, dance when you wanted to dance. It's like a jail. We were like an, you know, I mean, we are like fish in an aquarium. People would stand outside and watch us. So, so you know, like you're obviously an online, you know, celebrity influencer as well. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, young people out there, especially, you know, girls. They're probably thinking, I want to look really pretty look skinny and and they sort of sacrifice 
you know, to have a, a healthy, a healthy living to look, you know, fabulous. It's like, is that, is that, would you recommend that? Or what would, what would be your recommendations to someone who look at your posts? They'll think, I want to be, I want to look beautiful as you. The thing is, it's a necessary evil now, isn't it? It's like money. You know it's bad because people can get greedy about it, but you need it. So what do you do? The only way I feel you can counter this addiction for social media is also being understand that this is a game you have to play. So put the Instagram hat on when you have to put it on, but remove it after some time and then be your natural self. But this is a necessary game that one has to play, especially. But for the young girls who are watching and are aspiring and are getting into plastic surgery and doing those sorts of things just to look like someone, that's just, I think... I would question the upbringing a little bit there and I would question your you know that you're not very comfortable with yourself and that's where the upbringing comes in and your and your your environment comes in is how to be really comfortable in your own skin and be comfortable with yourself if you do that if you're able to put your authentic self on Instagram and not try and emulate someone or copy someone that I guarantee you will get you more followers and more likes than emulating someone so just be so comfortable with yourself shamelessly comfortable with yourself and put that out there and that'll just you'll be real as well and the world is seeing the real you as well and that is the only way i feel you can counter this social media addiction yeah i think that's great advice because there's a lot of you know people probably be looking at your instagram posts and thinking um how do i become you know how do, how do i get the figure like you how do i um you know so i can wear these beautiful outfits and some people you know they have that insecurity and i think that's a great piece of advice obviously you know you give and so let's talk about something about your lessons learned in life you know what is the most important thing you've learned in life and what was your life like before you learned it and what was your life like after you learned it Okay, so the most important lesson, I said, and it's a very boring lesson, but it's a very important lesson, is that in order to change your environment, you have to change yourself and not the other way around. So before I learned this lesson, I was all about, oh, luck is not on my side, and you know, I'm reject getting rejected here, rejected there, and you know, the world is against me, and the universe is against me, and no one likes me, and you know, I was on that trip. Very easy for me to point fingers at other people and blame other people till I actually learned the lesson that if I want to change my environment, I have to change myself. So the first thing I did is stop complaining. I do not complain. I do not like it because I feel that every time I'm complaining, I'm bringing down my vibration and I don't want to do that because if you really want to have the best setup in your life, keep your vibration very high and keep it positive. So when I start complaining, I start feeling negative. So why would I do that to myself? So my, my, I'll always flip my, my emotions. If I'm feeling low, I'll say, okay, what do I need to say to myself to be, to feel happy? And I will count my blessings at very instant, not once, but three times. So I'll say, thank you, thank you, thank you, three times, not once, you know, because that, that makes it more emphatic. And saying thank you three times uh, makes me not complain about my situation. And I automatically feel happier and my vibration is high. And then I see, I start attracting things in my life very easily. Uh, and so the whole trick for me that I've learned is to keep my vibration high no matter what. Of course, there are moments I'll be like a little emotional and I'll cry and I'll be silly. But I know my, by now how to flip myself, my emotion and just flip it. Just flip it. Flip, 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 flip. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the moment you get into thank you mode, everything just changes around you. So that's the biggest lesson I've learned is to always change myself to change the outside and not the other way around. 
Brilliant. I think that's a brilliant piece of advice. Sometimes we forget to be grateful about even the smallest things that people do for us. And being in that constant habit of gratitude is, is so, so important. Um, so let's talk more about your hosting. Was there a, a, an incident, maybe a funny moment that you had um, while not filming um, as a host? I've had many embarrassing moments, Monty. I've had my skirt fly up at the 2007 World Cup in Barbados when the Sri Lankan team was coming or getting off the bus and I had a Madden Monroe moment. Uh, and I remember the security guards were clapping for that moment. Um, but it, yeah, these things happen. Like, what do you do? You just can't. <laughs> oh God. Why did I just mention this to you? Why, why, why did I do this to myself? This is brilliant. Give us more, <laughs> more embarrassing stories. Uh, there have been a few. And I mean, I've obviously live TV. I remember an ITV once. Uh, I think was it Alex Stewart who kept taking, you know, kept teasing me about something. And I said, stop taking the piss. And this happened on live TV. And then I realized that I was live at that point. So many, many, many countless such things have happened, especially with live. There are times when I'm like, you know, just scratching my ear and then I'm suddenly on air. So that's happened a few times as well. Um, yeah. And I've like uh, called somebody else, some other name, by other names. Oh God, the list is endless. But the most embarrassing one would be when my skirt flew up to my face, on my face. Um, and that was very, and I was flustered and, and I went red and I started blushing and the Sri Lankan team, I think was just standing there, not knowing whether to look at me or to smile or to laugh or to pat me on the back or I don't know. <laughs> and that's well, that's, <laughs> well, I'm sure what, during that time, you always have a favorite co-host that you work with. Who's your favorite partner in crime? My favorite partner in crime is Karishma Kotak. She's a London girl. And we just like two peas in a pod. And it, I mean, it's not because she's sitting right next to me here. This is also because I genuinely love her. And we've just hit it off from the word go. And I've known her for, for 14 years um, in the industry, but somehow never got to meet her. But the moment I met her, it was just, I wouldn't say love at first sight, but there was definitely like, you can stay in my house whenever you come to India, kind of love at first sight. Oh, brilliant. That's nice sister love there. That's awesome. Uh... I'm sure she's sitting right next to us and she's rather delighted to hear that. <laughs> and so, um, so if we could, you know, turn back the time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell yourself? Have faith in yourself. You, it'll work out better than you thought, but keep developing yourself. That's what I would tell her. And how would you, what's your process of developing faith? Because some people think, faith, what is it? I can't see it. It's blind faith. Should I really just be that, you know, gullible? Like, show me, show me faith. My question is, why are you so skeptical? Like, just to dive in and see what happens. Like, what's the problem? Like, what is so hard about faith? I mean, you would just, I mean, faith for me would be trusting the universe, trusting the process, but I am very aware of the rules of life. I am very aware of how to play the game of life. And for that, if you cannot play the game, if you don't know the rules, so make an effort to understand how the, how to bring out the best in yourself, how to live up to your full potential is, is will, will really happen if you A, make an effort to understand yourself. So self-awareness is so important. And number two, how does the universe really work? Like what are its laws and do's and don'ts? It's a game. So figure that out. And it's not so hard then to understand how to trust the process. 
Um, is that what your question was? I... Well, that, no, I love it. I love you. Just you know, you just took off. Uh, uh, took off, and that's that's how your career took off, and the way you answer, you took off as well. I love it. So, um, what's your question, Martin? Well, we can go to another question as well, which is more about talking. Talking is such an important aspect that women do so much better than men when it comes to talking. Because if you can talk, you can share about problems that are happening within you. There's a bit of a taboo, I think, in our in our culture, would you say, that if a man is mentally weak, it's, that just doesn't exist? Yeah, I think that comes because our grandparents and parents have seen partition and war and, and they've come from that tough, tough, tough love and grew up and, you know, boys don't cry and, you know, and... Uh, throw a catch don't throw like a girl and you know those are things that came from a very uh a generation where they were operating through lack there was a lack of food there was a lack of resources lack of money lack of freedom we have everything we have travel we have whatever i want to travel i can travel we have food so much surplus of food surplus of clothes shopping what do we want we have it so we cannot think like them anymore we as a generation this generation has to think about we have everything they are coming from a generation of where everything is in lack and less so even the boys were trained to deal with lack because you have to toughen up because there is a shortage of things there is no shortage anymore so people don't have to operate through lack and you can show your emotions and men yes english men especially even indian men mm -hmm. i mean they're just so scared to be vulnerable and show their vulnerabilities because they've been trained and conditioned to believe that that's what makes you weak and i think if you don't sort that out and talk about it which is why 70 percent of the world today is either on xanax or you know, or some antidepressant or has an anxiety issues or depression issues is because you're either making a bad decision from the past because of the conditioning given to you or you're fearing the future so anxiety is fear of future depression is you know fear of the past so it's just the whole world is on this in this loop because they are their conditioning is not is telling them not to be true to themselves so if a boy wants to cry let him cry because he's being true to himself i think once we figure that bit out just encourage everyone to be who they are without controlling people or instilling fear. Fear is such a tool people use. Parents use it all the time, especially with boys. Even girls, girls should not do this and should not do that. Boys cannot do this. Why instill fear? I don't understand that. So the fear, I think, has to be removed and boys then will be fearless. And you know, a fearless society is such a nicer, healthier way of living. Absolutely, I agree with you. You know, that fearless attitude and uh, you know, trying to be in the moment and not worry about what's, you know, going ahead. It's a, it's a very difficult art to um, understand and really grasp. But I think he's, you're halfway there, I would say. Um, halfway? Well, why, 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 why? well, you're only, well, we've got another 10 years. I'm, I'm assuming the next 10 years is going to be your better 10 years than the previous 10 years. So, so, so tell us, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so what does 2022 hold for you? Is there going to, is there something magical gonna happen so here's what i do i give myself a theme every year so uh, 2021 for was about fitness for me like i have to sort my nutrition out I'm, i have to be very aware of what's going in my system what's going in my body uh 2020 was a lot about uh you know pulling out my past trauma that i've had as a child whatever it is and how trivial it is and i'm going to sort that out and you know get it out of my system once and for all 2022 
my theme that I've given is self-belief, where I just want to reach a point where I am not afraid of any challenge and I am ready to take it on with a smile. Like service with a smile is very important. Where nothing, when where things, I take on everything in life with complete faith in my abilities, which by now should happen. I've been, I've been around for a while now. I've had enough experiences in life to get me to this point. So 2022 is a year of self-belief. So the, I like the. And sometimes within my 2022, I'll have like every quarter, I'll have a new sub theme to it. Uh, so every year has a theme. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your wonderful journey. And hopefully 2022 is the year where you're supremely confident in anything you do. And whatever's thrown at you, you're not scared. You're not scared. You take it, take on the challenge. And I hope and I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. So much fun. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we're sitting in this beautiful pool right now by a poolside and we've got uh, a, a, a vodka and orange juice on the table and Monty's only having uh, espresso. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that is, that was, thank you. Thank you. We'll do one, we'll do one.